This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is BJ Flores. BJ, how's it going? Enjoying my coffee. Just got done watching my motivational morning videos, uh, getting dialed in for the day, and uh, excited about today and excited about the week. Yeah, for sure. Always bring that high energy. Uh, let's just go back in, in time a little bit. Uh, I know you uh, were a football player as well as a boxer. So tell me a little bit about how, uh, like, how both of those mix and like how maybe each sport helped you out. Um, you know, I played football my entire life. I, I boxed. I had my first fight when I was nine. I played football half the season or half the year, and I boxed the other half the year all the way till I was 18 years old. Um, I got some offers, the uh, scholarship offers to play after high school. Um, my brother played at University of Colorado. Um, I love football. Just, I was better at boxing and, uh, I like that. And, uh, you know, after I was, when I got to the age of like 21, I won the national, uh, the U S championships again. Um, I'd won six, six national titles by the time I was, uh, 18 years old. And at 21, 22, I won the U S men's championships two years in a row. And, uh, the natural path was just to continue to go boxing. I didn't plan on being a professional boxer at all. I just kind of wanted to do it. And once I started representing the USA team and fighting like you know, against Canada or against uh, like China and Korea and France and Germany. I was like, man, I really fell in love with it. And I started getting paid from USA boxing to stay in shape. And I was like, man, this is a great way of life. I love it. I'm passionate about it. And that's kind of how it started. And football helped me for boxing because I was a receiver in football. So I'd work on being like really fast and explosive and physical with DBs. So I was way bigger than them, be really physical with them. And then um, the boxing obviously helped me, you know, in, in a ton of aspects, like, um, you know, very, very motivated, very focused had no problem like you know kicking myself in the ass and telling myself look we got to lock down we got to do this so it just it was great man it was beautiful and I, I know I didn't I never plan on it to work out the way it did yeah yeah for sure that's that's crazy um and what about like there's like always like a debate of like now kids growing up like focusing on one sport versus playing other sports like what what's your opinion on playing multiple sports or focusing on one I think you let your kids play whatever they want and put them whatever you know whatever they want to do and let them you know see what they're good at or what they like and let them kind of figure it out for themselves because if you push them too much to do one thing or the other then it never works out well so you know let the kids be kids but you know obviously give them direction and, and give them you know drive and motivation and focus like let them know this is serious like my father let me know boxing was a very serious sport and uh, he wouldn't let me compete in any tournaments unless I was in top condition. So if I ever missed a day of training or if I ever missed a run or anything like that, I was not allowed to compete. And that just kind of and, and, and to my defense, I never missed any days. So it kind of like put me in that mindset at a young age, what I needed to do if I wanted to compete, how serious this stuff was. And I've still got that same demeanor today. Yeah, for sure. And just like overall, your, your boxing career, you're, you were uh, 34, 4 and 1. So great record. Um, like, how would you describe your career? Um, you know, a little bit of a letdown, but I had a lot of great wins that people never talk about. And, uh, it's okay. You know, um, obviously 30, 39 professional fights, is a lot of fights. So it gave me a lot of experience. I got a lot of rounds. I was in a lot of, uh, world championship training camps. I had the opportunity to spar with Chad Dawson and David Hay, um, Vasily Juroff, um, Obed Sullivan, Chris Bird, um, uh, a lot of really, really good headweights, David, David Hay, um, John Ruiz, all these guys I was able to get in the ring with that were world champions and heavyweight and cruiserweight and light heavyweight world champions and, and learn a lot and, and share the ring myself with, you know, baby Shumanoff and Tony Bellew and Danny green and a lot of other good fighters that were hot at the time. Darnell Wilson um, in his hometown and going to other places and fighting guys in their hometowns. And it just teaches you a lot about yourself and what, uh, what you can actually do and have something when you have self-belief. 
Yeah, definitely. And then, um, so your last fight was in 2018. I guess from there, like, what what did you do afterwards? And then how did you get into start training people? Um, well, what I did was I just continued to live in Vegas. Um, I, I had some, I had a couple of properties on Airbnb that I had bought in 2014 and 15, and was kind of focusing on that and kind of trying to figure out like what I was going to get into next. And uh, one of my friends from Las Vegas had called me up and said Jake was training in Big Bear. And that he needed some uh, sparring partners, and I went out there to help him spar. And we just kind of we sparred a couple times, and it kind of went from there. And then we just I, I saw a lot of things that he did really well, and I was trying to help him to make sure he was uh, ready for the fight he had with Anderson Gibb, and help him to you know be developed for that, and kind of you know just kind of blossomed. Yeah. So then I guess yeah. So then how did that come about that you became his? Uh, so I guess after that is when you became his head coach. Yeah. So I was just in camp. Uh, Shane Mosley was training him for that first fight, and I was just kind of helping out how I could and doing mitt work with Jake and just kind of, it, it was a great team. You know, we had a lot of fun, you know, Shane's a great guy and he brought us all out to big bear and him and Jake had talked and he was doing a great job with Jake and helping him out. And, you know, and then, you know, Jake won the fight by first round knockout, did a great job. Shane did a great job. I was just kind of helping out how I could. And then after the fight, Jake called me up and said, Hey, look, would you be interested in like moving to California and working with me full time? Cause I want to really take this boxing thing serious. And, you know, Shane's a retired world champion. And he's got a million things going on in his life and married with the family and, he just didn't have time to, you know, do everything and, um, you know, focus full time to, 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 to being a boxing trainer because it required a lot of time and Jake needed a lot of work. So um, that's how it happened. Yeah. And then like just just overall, um, <clears throat> it hasn't been that long of a period, but like what has that been like just you being around all this and like influencer, like influencer boxing now, as we know, is like huge and crazy and they just did numbers obviously on the prime card. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. You know, I, I, I like uh, – you know, when, when people have a platform and young men and women have this platform to, to motivate and educate and help other, other youth and encourage, I like it. Um, when, when they have this platform and they're negative and, and they're, they're um, disruptive, I don't like that. Uh, so I, I think it's great because it's brought a lot of attention to boxing, a lot of new fans over to boxing, and a lot of people are starting to pay attention and watch, and I think it's good for the sport. I just uh, I like it when uh, the kids and the, and the young men and women, they use their platform for the positive instead of the negative because uh, – uh, trust me, it doesn't last long. Um, and, and your window to, to compete and do these kind of do these kind of events is isn't long as you think. And uh, I like to see people take advantage of it and be positive instead of negative because they'll look back and regret it. Yeah, definitely, yeah, for sure. Uh, I know you mentioned your dad like uh, instilled like toughness and training and all that mm -hmm. before. But, like, where does your positivity come from? Like, everything you say is always like motivational and like you say everything like well. And I don't know. Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a state of mind. Um, I've, I've had plenty of problems in my life. I've had many highs and lows and I've learned a lot from my lows and, uh, you know, you don't really lose. It's either you win or you learn. And if you look at life that way, where you're winning or you're learning, it doesn't matter what happens in the day. It's all just something to make, make myself more developed. And, you know, I'm, I'm very focused on, on developing myself so I could be the version of myself that I'm supposed to be, um, instead of, you know, maybe what, what I think I should be, but I just want to develop myself and, you know, continue, can continue to like develop so I could be whatever version I'm supposed to be the best version of myself. I want to get there as quickly as possible. So that impact can be felt in my life because ultimately to be remembered, you want to make sure you leave a, you leave an impact. And I want my impact to, to, to be motivating, helping, creating, uh, creating opportunities for people that come in contact with me. Um, whatever, whatever I need to do, whatever position I need to be in to make sure that I'm helping people get over the edge or get over the line or push them or motivate them or give encouragement. That's what I feel like my mission is. I've, I don't even think about my career as a fighter anymore. Everyone's like, Oh, I used to be a fighter. And I hate when people introduce me as the next fighter. 
I'm a, I'm a creator of opportunities now. I'm a motivator. I'm a builder. That's what, how I see myself. And I, I, I don't even see myself as, a, as an ex-fighter. I'm in a different phase of my life, and it's a much, much better phase. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, overall, like, what did you think of the prime card? I thought it was incredible. I thought the fights were, you know, competitive, a lot of them. You know, they're not the highest quality fights, but they're just incredible personalities coming in. And you've got so many fans from so many different things and so many different aspects and areas and the UK, the United States and all over the place. And it's just a, a massive, you know, clash of personalities. And it was I thought it was a great card. Uh, obviously, you know, the people did as well because, uh, you know, I think it did 1.2 or 1.3 million buys on that. It's just absolutely, it's incredible. Um, obviously it's catching on. People wanted to see it. The main event, um, even though it wasn't the best fight, it was a very competitive fight and a fight that was, uh, you know, highly disputed nowadays. Like that's all anyone's talking about in boxing. It's KSI and Tommy who won the fight, the point deduction, the hits behind the head. We have a small council meeting in like 20 minutes. And then, you know, that's all we're going to be talking about and ranking. So I think, you know, it's really caught fire and the buzz is, uh, it's going really well. Do you personally want to see the rematch, or you want to see KSI fight Jake Paul? Um, I think I'd rather see KSI fight Jake, but I think Jake's going to fight in December, and uh, you know, I think it makes sense for KSI to have another fight, uh, maybe maybe January, February, depending on how he feels, and then a big showdown with him and Jake next summer. I think that's that makes the the most sense. Yeah, definitely. And then like the influencers that are boxing right now, like how do you see? I guess like what do you, like long term, like say like two or three years from now, like what do you see? this all being like, and I know some of them want to go pro. Yeah. But, uh, like what, like, what do you think? I think there's Dean and then there's everybody else because he's got just such a, uh, he, his, his understanding, his ring IQ, what he's able to do, his punching power, his weight, the way he sets his shots up. He's just far above and beyond anybody else in my opinion. Um, you know, besides like Jake or KSI, but in, in that particular, um, in that particular weight, I, I see, I see Dean having, Man, massive, massive potential and massive upside. I told Mams that when I uh, first saw David, when I first saw uh, Dean fight, uh, you know, six months ago. I said, this is a guy who, who can really go far, and I would like to see him in situations now against ex-UFC world champions, guys like he'll beat him right now. Um, guys, na names of guys who uh, people would never suspect him to beat, he could beat him. And uh, other boxers, he can he can move up that ladder very, very quickly. Yeah. And what about, like, traditional boxing you know how, like everyone gets started off and you know they're getting b-side guys we'll just say and uh like how do you think like those guys would like say like a salt poppy or slim like how do you think they would do against those guys i mean slim i think slim's got a lot of potential he's worked training with uh um you know our our, our boy what's that yeah andre roser he's training with andre up in new york and he's got good people around him and uh you know he shot he showed a lot of poise in his last fight he lost the first two rounds third round he started coming back and he did better in the third round but he didn't necessarily win it but it was i saw slims still looking for shots looking for opportunities i could tell that you know the punch assault was you know shooting at him weren't really affecting him too much and the fourth round he did what he had to do and get him out of there but um you know i think i think slim could be moved as a prospect for sure um i don't know how far he would get uh because of the punching power and uh the other intangibles but he's definitely got he could he could be moved in professional boxing as a prospect um, KSI could be moved as a, in professional boxing as a prospect, no question about it. Jake could as well. Um, I'm sure there's other guys. Dean could, no question about it. Um, he's 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 literally like one of the one of the top guys on my list as far as being able to compete within two to three years with top 135 pounders. I think Dean could 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 get in that top 10 to 15 range where he could he could be in those discussions where he could be in the top you know 10 to 15 within two to three years. Um, and I think Jake could too.
I think Jacob Cruiserweight um, at 200 pounds, I don't know, uh, or light heavyweight 175, depending on the weight, I think he can get in that top to 15 range within the next, you know, two to three years as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing that I, I've, I brought up several times, but people don't, I don't think, think about it. It's just like, imagine if these boxers, because I know, you know, like a lot of them are struggling when they're starting up and don't have money or anything. And it's just like, think about like the reason why, in my opinion, is like the influencers are getting so good and better is because they have resources and they have the money. And it's like, they have the D1 facilities, quote unquote. And it's just like, imagine if these boxers that are actually, well, I don't want to say that, like, there are traditional boxers that are athletes that ha- if they had all this, like how good there could, those guys could be that are already good. Like how great, I guess they, they could be. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's a question that we'll never really be able to answer, but it's just part of it. You know, like sometimes like the Notre Dames and the, and the Alabamas and the Georgias, they get, you know, better athletes and those athletes have a better chance than, than the D2 schools and the, you know, the, the one double A schools and the, you know, central Missouri's and the Northern Iowa's, they just have a better, better chance, a better opportunity. So it's not necessarily fair. And I can't really say, you know, what would happen, but uh, obviously when you, when you have the, you know, a better opportunity, the, the opportunity gets bigger. And when the opportunity gets bigger, it gets more realistic. Um, you can see it better. And you have people around you that have all been there and, and know what they're talking about. All those things help and factor in. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a, a factor. Yeah, definitely. And then what, what are some, what are some influencer fights that you want to see that haven't happened yet? Jake and KSI. I mean, I think that's the, <laughs> everyone wants to right, Besides that one. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's the biggest one. I feel like the fight that everyone's kind of like holding their breath for and everyone wants. And that's a great fight. And KSI showed me in this last, last fight with Tommy, even though uh, he didn't win the decision and I had it four two uh, with the point deduction. Still, I had KSI, I had Tommy barely, barely winning, but I had it. It was a very competitive fight. All the rounds were very close, nip and tuck. Um, I just feel like Tommy in the second half of the fight really turned it on and was able to do a little more than JJ, but um, it was, it was a very competitive fight, very close. And JJ performed very well, and I think he still won even in a loss. I don't consider that really a loss. I consider that a big gain for JJ because he went out there and showed he can compete at the highest level um, with with Tommy, and he was very competitive. And Tommy wasn't able to do what he wanted and wasn't able to follow his game plan at all. JJ really disrupted him, and that was uh, a credit to JJ and his corner and, and and their entire game plan and strategy. For sure. All right. What yeah. about is there anyone that's not yet into the influencer boxing that you want to see? Yeah. I just signed Tristan Ham. He's a uh, massive, um, uh, he does like outdoor expeditions in Canada. He hunts grizzly bear. He does uh, ice climbing. He does uh, skydiving. He's an adrenaline junkie. The kid's absolutely nuts, but he's the nicest guy in the world. And he's coming into influencer boxing. And I'm really excited about it because uh, there's some, some big opportunities for him very soon um, for Tristan Ham, that I, the, the kid that I just signed. Besides that, I can't really think of who else I'd want to have see come in. There's a lot of guys that always talk about coming in. I'd like to see Blueface come back. You know, we talked to him about, you know, maybe fighting Salt or Slim in the future, and we're still kind of hoping we can work something out with that. And there's some other guys that Mams has mentioned before that um, would be exciting if they came in, but we, we don't have confirmation on that. I know you're also being a manager now, so tell me a little bit about that and how you got started. Are you still training guys too? No, I'm only managing now. So I got shot uh, March 17th in Columbia in my leg, and I had about three months of rehab after that. And, uh, you know, Jake was already training for his next fight, and – you know, uh, you know, after the Tommy fight where he lost the decision, he wanted to move some things around and make some changes. And, you know, I got shot. It was just really weird. The timing of everything was really weird. And it just kind of pushed me in the direction of, of, of signing fighters and managing fighters. And now I manage 205-pound world champion Lorenzo Hunt. I manage uh, top middleweight prospect, bare-knuckle prospect Jake Boswick, a kid who I've had in camp with Jake uh, Paul a lot of times. Um, I manage him as well. I managed Tristan Ham, an influencer coming in, uh, going to make his debut early January. I managed a kid named Devontae Kirk, who's 6-0 with five knockouts. 
um, a 154 pounder that I manage. And, uh, you know, that's uh, it's, it's a good roster of guys to have. And I'm excited to, you know, be involved in their careers. So I get to work on developing, uh, you know, contracts and negotiating those and helping them get sponsorship deals and kind of navigating who they fight and how they rise up to the top. And uh, I take a lot of pride in it. Yeah. Now, how, how is that like switch? You kind of went from like trainer to like businessman. Yeah. now. It's great. I love it. You know, this is always kind of the side of the business I wanted to get in. And I didn't really ever plan on training Jake. It just kind of worked out that way. And, you know, we just got, got along so well and he was doing so well and we kept rolling and rolling. And then, you know, the time came where it was time to make a switch and I still talk to Jake and, you know, we kind of still, you know, do some stuff together and talk and, um, you know, uh, but it, you know, life is all about changes and life's all about embracing those changes. And when those changes come, you know, uh, using what you, what you learned before and taking that to, to use in your next, uh, your next chapter. And, uh, I learned a lot from Jake's manager and Akisa Badarian, being around him, seeing how he moved and what he did. And there's a lot of good, uh, like almost like an, an uh, like a mentorship or, um, to, to sit back and watch him, how he moved and what he did. And it, it taught me a lot of, uh, a lot of insight about what I need to do moving forward. And obviously I still got a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Just like the transitions you're making, just like even us talking about like from football to boxing to being the boxer, being the trainer, now being the manager. So that's super dope. And then, yeah. And then uh, the small council too, as well. So how did that, how did that come about? And then I guess um, even just like, how did, like, how did you, yeah. How did you get into Misfits? Um, I got into Misfits because Nisa or Kala Sauerland, a, a good buddy of mine for a lot of years said, Hey BJ, you know, uh, Mams Taylor asked me if uh, he can have your phone number and he wanted to give you a call and talk to you about something. I'm like, what, you know, what's going on? He's like, Oh, I'm going to let him tell you. And I'm like, all right. So he calls me that same day and he says, BJ, what's going on? And, you know, we'd had some, some things online or whatever, things that got misinterpreted. You know, he was, you know, managing KSI. I was training Jake. Obviously we have a very, you know, big conflict of interest, obviously. Um, so, you know, there's some things said online. We got on the phone and chatted and we just, dude, we just, he's the best. He's super nice guy. Like he just, he wants what's best for the sport and he's trying to move it along. And he's like, I'd love to have you as the fourth member of the small council to help me make decisions on fights moving forward. I respect your insight, your career, which you've done with Jake's phenomenal. I mean, just, just a super cool guy. And uh, we got along really well. And um, honestly, we've talked probably three or four times a week for the last like four months. And he's just, uh, he's a very open-minded, very, uh, you know, sharp guy, likes putting people around him that, that know the sport. And he doesn't, you know, pretend to be um, a, a boxing guru and, 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 a, and a scientist of boxing, but he loves the sport. He loves the entertainment aspect. He has great relationships, great with people, and uh, he puts people around him that can help him make decisions, what, which is a sign of a good leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, what advice What advice would you give a, a young boxer or a young person trying to get into boxing like on the business side? Any young boxer, I would tell him just to not be too hard on yourself, but work like every fight is your last fight. This is a serious sport. People get hurt in the sport all the time, so you have to treat everything very serious when you're going to that boxing ring. You're not playing boxing. So you have to train, you have to focus. If your heart is not in a place where you can do that, then it's better you just don't even do it because um, you got your whole life ahead of you. Um, the business aspect to get into boxing, um, put yourself around people that are doing it and doing it well and you can sit back and learn and watch. Forget the money. The money's going to be there if you get the passion and you learn how to do things the right way, the money's going to be there. Don't even worry about it. Um, you know, so like it's just one of those things where you got to learn from the right people and, and apprenticeship and being mentored is, is the most valuable thing you could possibly have. Yeah, for sure. All right, last couple of fun ones. Uh, yep. What's like? Who's your favorite? Who was your favorite boxer growing up? Um, I had a lot of favorites, man. I absolutely loved Roy Jones. He was one of my favorites, and I got to fight on, you know, three different cards with Roy. I signed with uh, Square Ring Promotions, and uh, 
want to say 2009, um, Efanio Mendoza. Um, I fought um, on a card in Biloxi, Mississippi with Roy. He was the main event. I was the co-main. And then in uh, Pensacola, Florida, I fought a guy named uh, Jose Luis Herrera. I was the co-main. He was the main. Um, he, Roy was my favorite, man. Roy is, Roy is definitely my favorite. But uh, a lot of other guys, too. Andre Ward is a kid that was just a couple years younger than me, one of my favorite fighters. His work determination, his work ethic, and just what a positive uh, positive guy he is, a family man, just a just a beautiful person. Um, I had a lot of favorites, heavyweight-wise, Evander Holyfield. Um, I love Lennox Lewis, David Hay, a good friend of mine. Uh, absolutely loved his personality, his power at cruiserweight. A lot of good guys. Um, I, too many to mention, actually. Felix Trinidad, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Obacar, uh, Ike Corte, uh, Jose Luis Lopez, all these different guys. We can go on and on. I just I had so many fighters. I, I watched videos when I was a kid of young fighters before I'd go to before I'd go to boxing practice and try to work on those moves and sparring. And I just I, I have such a Rolodex in my mind of fighters. So um, the list is too big to even go on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who's your favorite football team? You know what? I bet on football, so I respect all the hell out of these teams so much, and I know how hard it is to play in the NFL. Uh, a lot of my friends that I played college with, you know, never made it or made it for a year or two, and it's just so it was such an incredibly difficult sport. So I respect the hell out of every team. I don't have a favorite team because I bet on teams, and based on what the lines are, that's my favorite. <laughs> college football, though, I took Liberty last night minus fourteen and lost. Uh, the day before that, though. The good news is I took the under 50 in the Chiefs. I'm, I'm sorry, in the uh, in the Chargers and the uh, uh, who they played the other day. The Chargers and the uh, the Chargers game. I took under 50 with the Cowboys and I won that one. So every day it kind of works out a little different. But uh, I like all the teams. I just I respect the hell out of the players. They're so good. Gotcha. Last one. Who would be your dream matchup that never happened before? For me, um, I think the guy that I really wanted to fight that I never got to fight. Um, was Marco Huck when he was the IBF champion. That, that would have been a very tough fight. He was sturdy. He was strong. Uh, we were close to fighting a couple times. It never happened. It would have been a fun one, but I don't really think about it too much, honestly, anymore. And then, uh, obviously, I would have liked to get the Tony Bellew fight again um, in America where things were a little different with uh, all the low blows and, and, and the legal shots. So that would have been something because of the way the first two rounds were going. But uh, I don't really think about it too much anymore. I've moved on, and I'm in a, I'm in a much better place now. Yeah. All right, BJ. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And could you let the listeners know where they could follow you at? Yeah, man. BJ Flores Pro on Instagram. That's my IG. Uh, my Twitter is also uh, uh, BJ Flores Pro. Uh, you can follow me on either one of those and uh, get advice, get uh, what we're doing, what what things are happening in the boxing world, in the in the celebrity boxing world, and what's going on with uh, with my fighters and my roster. <laughs>